happening, Cowboy Nation, and welcome into another episode of the Previewing the Pokes podcast. I'm your host, Josh Criswell. Cowboys are on their bye week, so I'm joined by two special guests for today's episode, hosts of the YO Sports podcast, David Graff and Robert Munoz. Guys, I'm going to toss it over to you first real quick. You know, a month into the season, Cowboys are 4-0. Obviously, there have been some close calls so far this year, but, you know, David, what's the thing that stood out to you so far the most about the Pokes? The biggest thing about this team so far this season is the fact that they're throwing the ball. They're throwing the ball successfully. They're actually throwing the ball a tad bit more than they they have the past few seasons. But that aerial attack is certainly surprising, not just because they seem to be doing it well, but just the fact that they're actually going to it. I was skeptical all offseason when Polisek – mentioned that he'd like to throw the ball more. I was skeptical because he came from Iowa where they don't really throw the ball a whole lot. And he has Xavier Valade, Titus Swin, Trey Smith, now DeWyan McNeely in the backfield. I, the fact that they're throwing the ball is just unbelievable to me. What about you, Robert? Yeah, for sure. And even though Sean Chambers ranks second to last and or he ranks ninth, in the conference and passing yards. Um, the efficiency is still top five. So, yeah, that's that's good to see, right, David? But t- touching on that, uh, it's kind of surprising to see. I mean, we kind of expected the defense was going to be there, right? But, you know, Titus Swins kind of stood out to me a lot. He's playing really well, um, especially coming off of last season. Uh, Josh, one of your stories um, – I think it was the one that ran today about Valaday. He said Swin had that last season off, so we kind of came into the season wanting it more. And uh, I think that you can see that. You can definitely see that. Um, so that's kind of set out to me. And, yeah, just kind of the offensive production. And we were kind of skeptical in the Montana State game um, about the re-engineered offense, you know, because it took a while. But now it's here and it seems to be working well and you don't have to rely on your defense to win each and every game. So that's certainly fun to see. Robert mentioned the defense there. I'm not sure they have shown up in the way that we're used to them showing up outside of those Montana State and Ball State games. What do you make of the defense through four games so far, Josh? Yeah, you know, it's been interesting. I think we look at the UConn game and how many points the Huskies were able to put up, and you automatically think that's a bad defensive performance. But whenever you look at it, they held them to around 250 total yards, I think less than four or five yards per play. So they're really efficient. They just had all those penalties. But I think it's definitely been a little bit too inconsistent, especially on the tackling side of things. You know, we saw that against Northern Illinois, they gave up that 26-point lead in a span of 15 minutes. But I think overall, I feel pretty good about where the defense is because I think, you know, the defensive line and linebacker group, we kind of always – I think even, you know, if there's been some struggles there, 
I think there's always that confidence that those two groups are going to be among the strongest on the team. I think what's really promising is the secondary play. You know, I say Scandi, he's emerged as one of the best safeties in the conference. Um, you know, obviously you have the two star cornerbacks and CJ Coleman and Azizi Hearn, but you've got guys like Keon Blankenbaker stepping up, you know, Rome Weber obviously came up with a huge play on that last uh, two point conversion last week. So I like what I've seen so far. You know, there's obviously room to get better, but I like that the problems they're having aren't because of a lack of talent. It doesn't seem like they're going to get in a game and they're going to lose because of a lack of talent on that side of the ball. I think it's just more shoring up your tackling and not giving up 100 yards and penalties like he did last Saturday. And Cameron Stone, right? Cameron Stone has come on and been a key, you know, sub in the secondary as well, right? How much did that? Just getting thrust in that to that Montana State game kind of help him, do you think? I think it was huge, especially just for the confidence of that group, because now, you know, after seeing that, I mean, he, I think he gave up one long pass. But aside from that, was really sound, was really solid the next week as well. Uh, so I think that gives him a lot of confidence, you know, especially if you do run into injuries at some point in the year. I, I don't think there's going to be a major drop off with him there. Um, and I think, you know, just getting thrust in the game is only a good thing for him, especially, you know, that it happened in that Montana State game. Cowboys were ultimately able to pull out that win. So I think that's big for him, especially if he gets thrown into the fire later in the year. Well, uh, one thing that we haven't touched on, Josh, is special teams. And Fawaz has been great back there uh, punting the ball. I know he's come up with some huge punts in crucial situations. Um, Hoyland has been solid as well. Uh, you know how how key is it? For, how key has the Pokes special teams been so far this season? Uh, in these four games. It's been huge. You know, obviously, I, John Hoyland had that missed kick. It was, I think, close to forty-five yards last week. But other than that, he'd been perfect on the year, which had been huge in all these one-score games that the Cowboys have had. Uh, but Ralph was, I mean, he's been. I think the difference maker in a lot of those close games, because he's really kept the opponents from getting close to scoring range. It's very rare that this Wyoming defense, if they're not committing penalties, is going to give up a full, you know, 75, 80 yard drive. So I don't have the exact numbers on me, but I know he's pinned a ton of balls inside the 20 and 10 yard line. So, I mean, especially with as close as some of these games have been and at times with the offense being inconsistent, they've been pretty strong these past few weeks, but I think he's been huge. The only area of special teams that I'm a little concerned about is in the coverage game. They've given up a, a decent chunk of, you know, 25, 30, you know, up to 50, 60, 70 yard returns. So I think that's really, you know, one of the few areas of concern that I have at this point in the year, just because it hasn't been a situation where there's a lapse here and there. It seems like at least once every week, the opponent's rattling off a big return. Both punt and kick coverage, right? Yeah, definitely. We've seen Isaiah Nayor, Titus Swen, and guys like DeWyan McNeely emerge so far for the Pokes this season. Who do you think is primed to pop next as we head into conference play here? 
I think there's a few good options. I don't want to say Trayton Welch because I feel like he's already come through with a few big plays. Um, so I'm going to go with someone else at the tight end spot, Parker Christensen. You know, he had a career-high three receptions last week whenever Trayton was dealing with a little bit of an injury. So I, I would expect him to kind of make some big plays throughout conference play, especially if you get some favorable matchups, maybe against smaller defensive backs or maybe get him you know, in one-on-one -on -one coverage with a linebacker. So... I like Parker Christensen. I'm still interested to see if we ever see Trey Smith kind of get involved with the uh, the running back game. He did come up with a big catch a couple weeks ago, but I think uh, that's one thing to maybe keep an eye on. But yeah, I think Parker Christensen's primed to break out. And then a few different guys in the defense. I think Easton Gibbs could be poised, uh, you know, for a big home stretch of the season. Shout out Sheridan where Parker's from and where I'm headed on this beautiful Friday. He Parker was a guy that when I talked to Coach Polisek at Media Day, he was really high on Parker. So I was kind of surprised when he wasn't in there as much in the in the first game or two. So I, I agree with you that we could probably be seeing more of him, especially if Trayton's injury issues keep lingering. Yeah, and I think one thing that was interesting about Parker is at the beginning of fall camp, he was listed as a fullback. Now he's listed as a tight end. So I wonder if that's going to kind of be his primary position moving forward. doesn't really seem like the Cowboys are using a lot of fullbacks, a lot more two tight end sets and things like that, a lot of motion. So I think Parker is kind of perfect for that role where you're kind of moving all around the backfield, swapping sides of the line and, and things like that. Because he's a guy that can play a couple of different positions. Well, Josh, just simply how confident are you about this team going forward? It's been a lot of close calls here, especially over there in East Hartford. But have you ever been to Connecticut? How is Connecticut, first of all? It was my first time, but it was a, it was a solid trip. Got me some good seafood, got uh, some clam yeah. chowder and a lobster roll. So that was a, a solid combination. But no, it was, uh, it was good. Nicer than I expected. Definitely we'll uh, have to make a trip back there at some point. But, uh, but yeah, speaking of the confidence level, I like what I've seen with the Cowboys so far. I think it's not ideal that you've had so many close games, but it's also not the worst thing. I think it'd be a worse situation if, you know, you blew out teams like Northern Illinois and Connecticut, and then all of a sudden, you, you know, you get into a big game against the team like Air Force or, um, you know, Fresno State or San Jose. Um, and then all of a sudden you're in a late game situation and haven't been in that situation all year long. So I think that's good. Um, obviously, we probably want to put teams away a little bit better and not have those slow starts. But I'm pretty confident. I think the two games that worried me the most are probably Fresno State and San Jose State. Um, I think Boise's maybe – I don't want to say taking a big step back, but I don't think they're that clear-cut favorite to win the conference that people thought they might have been a few months ago. Um, so I think it's, it's interesting. I think the Mountain West is very strong as a whole, but I don't think there's that one team that really stands out above the rest. Even – Fresno, which had a really strong start to the season, almost got upset by UNLV last week. So I think I like the uh, the Cowboys' chances. I think they're, they're going to have to, you know, at most lose two more games, I think, to be in that conference title hunt. My mom is from Connecticut, and I know you're lying about wanting to go back. I've never had any desire to ever visit the state after being there a few times. I'm, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. But – uh so far in, in this young season, who would you say has been the best 
poke interview for you, Josh? There's a, there's a couple good options. Uh, one of my favorites, I think, is, uh, is Garrett Crawl. I think he's an easy one to talk to. Uh, we had him on the podcast last week, I believe. So he's a good one. Um, you know, Aiden Eberhardt's always a good quote. Um, Zazavian Valaday, too. He's, he's been one of my favorites to talk to. I still need to uh, talk to him about his love for uh, Portillo's from his days growing up in the Chicago area. But no, uh, he's been a good one. Chad Muma is always a good one. Very honest and straightforward with his answers. So there's a, there's a few good ones. It's easy Hearn too. He's always a, a fun guy to talk to. What about you, David? Do you have any uh, particular, uh, I know you get to have a little bit more fun on your TV interviews. Is there anyone that you've really enjoyed talking to? Well, Robert and I have had Aiden on the podcast a few times before. So we love talking to Aiden. Honestly, I, I, my favorite interview of the year is just talking to Aaron Bowl. Anytime I see him, I see him sometimes in the bowels of the stadium there as we, Josh and I get there pretty early and coach Aaron Bowl seems to be wandering around. He's probably just, he's always a crack up. He always seems to be exhausted, which just makes it even funnier. Yeah, my, my favorite story that you've done so far this year is, you know, anyone that's that talked to Coach Bull during the offseason in a fall camp talked about how last season was a bad movie. And uh, I, one of my favorite stories you've done was just talking to all the uh, different players and coaches about what makes a good movie. I can't remember who it was, maybe Keegan Kreider or somebody. Uh, they, they basically just said Jennifer Aniston in the movie makes it a good movie. <laughs> that was... That was Casper native Jordan Bertinoli. He was, uh, he was like, wait, can you just explain the question to me? And I was like, well, it's either, you know, you can give a football answer if you want, or you can just talk about a movie if you'd like. And he was like, okay. And then when the question came around, he was like, any movie with Jennifer Aniston. It was pretty funny. Like I looked for the like, football answer because most guys give a football answer and a movie answer and he just said any movie with jennifer aniston which is what makes that so much more funny but uh yeah so well anything else on the pokes before we want to wrap this up josh yeah i don't know i you know you guys asked the question me i'll throw it back over to you two because you've been you know around uh this team a little bit longer than i have uh you know you've seen them in the past where does your i guess confidence level rank compared to previous years heading into conference play well i don't know if i i haven't ever seen wyoming start four and oh but it's hard to be more confident than that team and I don't know, what did they have, like 11 NFL players on that roster in 2016, I think, or something. But these guys come close, you know. So I think the conference is a little bit more up in the air this year, kind of like you were talking about. Um, so, yeah, feeling definitely pretty confident. It's just, yeah, it's just going to come down to, I mean, the Cowboys can stay consistent offensively, I think, you know, which – could happen. Polisic, he's going to make it happen. So confident. If Robert's confident, someone who's seen this Pokes team way more years than I have, I mean, his dad got him into the Pokes. I just can't get there. I like, I see it on the field and the team's, this team is good, 
but I'm just, I'm a Houston sports fan at my core and there's no way you can ever feel good about your teams. If you like the Astros rockets and especially the Texans. So I just, just cannot get there. I think this team is really good and I don't see how they don't win eight games at this point. Like they're going to win eight regular season games at the bare minimum. So that, but like, I just have, I don't know what my confidence level is supposed to be as a fan of this team. Yeah, it's definitely hard to kind of get a gauge on it. I know they're 4-0, but you look at the strength of schedule, you know, an FCS win, and then the three other teams are a hundredth or worse in ESPN's college football power index. They really haven't been tested at all this year. Obviously been in some close game situations, but the competition's only going to get better. I think you've got probably at least four teams that are better than anyone you've faced so far. So it's going to be interesting. I think we'll get a really good view uh, coming up Saturday, next Saturday at Air Force. Um, and then obviously you got some big ones coming up in that next month against Fresno and uh, San Jose State. So, you know, if you can split those two, I really like their chances. And if don't, you're not able to. Don't undervalue New Mexico. That's true. Can't can't forget about the Lobos, but that's what they did last year. No doubt. Yeah, can't can't overlook any of those teams. But I think if you can split the uh, the San Jose State and Fresno State, I think you gotta like where you're sitting at. But you know, that's really all I got. You guys have anything else before we send it off? Nope. Just Utah State is and Boise State at the end of the season. You know, those two games are going to be crucial for the Mountain Division. So it's going to be fun to, fun to watch. No doubt. Well, that's all we got for you guys today. I'm Josh Criswell, joined by David Graff and Robert Munoz. Make sure to download, listen, and subscribe to the YS Sports Podcast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Ride to the brand.